I want to deal today with a subject. We're talking about David in the series on David. One of the things Pastor Gabriel's done is given us some wonderful messages about David. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And this morning, what I want to deal with about David is one of the things probably all of us know about, and it's the praise and worship. He was, he was the one that set the praise in the Word of God really for all of us to be able to use. And it's just the, the book of Psalms is so full of it. But we want to be looking at David's life as the praiser and the worshiper for every one of us. Now, let me go ahead and preface what I'm about to say with this. I know I'm preaching to a really strange crowd because we've got people whose background religiously is zero. We've got some of you that your background is Baptist, others Methodist, others uh, Church of Christ, others of you Episcopalian. We've got Catholic faith in here. We've got uh, interdenominational charismatics. We've got we've got all kinds of people. When you come into a church and you've got that kind of background, one of the difficulties you deal with is worship and praise. Because in every one of those movements, there's a little bit different thought about worship and praise. And the truth is, we preach very little about worship and praise. And that's not, I'm not faulting Pastor Gabriel or ministry at all. It's just not where we feel like we're really going to help the people by going through a series on worship and praise. So maybe we have a small group and talk about it or we put it in another place. But Pastor Gabriel uh, has a heart for worship and praise and wants us to talk about that today. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you is worship and praise. One of the, the, the things I want to give you is a good example of worshiping and praising. Uh, it's varied and it's, it can be challenging. It's different. Uh, it's something you grow in and it also can be legalistic. People can say, well, you're not doing this or you're not praising. Well, we don't want to, to put in a legalistic mentality on worship and praise. I'm going to tell you there are all manners of praise. We're going to deal with at least seven of them today to give you some ideas and options. One of the things that I found out in life is that you may not be able to do something right now that you may be able to do later. And one of the things at my age and uh And I want to stay in shape because I've heard that if you work out X amount of time a week, it'll keep you from getting Alzheimer's or help you from it or it'll help your heart or all the things you can do if you work out. So for three years, uh, Gabriel has made me go to CrossFit. And he's so intimate about it. He, uh, he, He adamant about it. He pays for it. So, I mean, yeah, right. So I have to go. So I go five days a week, and I, I come up here. We, right now, we're here in this room, and, and so I come for that. Three years ago, matter of fact, January this year, I've only been doing this about three years now, completed three years, going into the fourth year. So, so I couldn't do pull-ups. I mean, you know, I would try to do a pull-up, and I was jumping and kipping and jerking and trying to get up and finally get up and get down. I couldn't do anything. So what they do for you, if you can't do a pull-up, they'll put a, a rubber band, a big rubber band, across this equipment that you can stand on that. And then it, you're kind of springing, right? Well, I tried it and tried to pull up and couldn't do it, so they put another band on it for me. So now I've got two. Carrie would probably, I don't know if they have enough for you, bud, but anyway... I'm on these bands, and I start, I can do some pull-ups. So I did that for a long time. And then finally, they said, take off one of those bands. And the person that said it was probably Gabriel. And he says, so take off one of those bands, pop. So I take off one, and I, and I start doing pull-ups with one band. And then I got to the end of last year, coming into January, and the thought was, 
take off the last band. And so I started doing kipping pull-ups, and I could do one or two and three or four. And the other day in a workout we were doing, I was able to string together, I don't know, it was eight or ten that I can string together. Now, I'll be 73, and here's the point. Here's the point. There are a lot of people at different levels on pull-ups. Some of these boys and girls in this room right here, they can do, you know, 20, 30, 40 pull-ups. They just rack them off, and it's ridiculous. And I don't do that many, but I'm not there to compete with them. I'm there to do the best for me. And I started out with what I could do until I could do better. Praise and worship is the same thing. I was watching some of y'all praise and worship today. Uh, I did. I I, I watched uh, Melissa and Jake. Melissa's background is Catholic, from Catholicism. She's, her background is uh, the Catholic Church and, and as a growing up, and so that's her background back there. And, and I just watched her, and I thought, you know, they're not really used to in their church clapping. And when we had the part of the song clapping, I just, happened, I just happened to look to see what she was doing. And she was clapping. And I thought, what? That is so good. Now, see, some of you guys that have a background of clapping, you're thinking, that's so elementary. But it depends on what your background is, that you're willing to do something you're not used to doing for the glory of God. And we'll talk about that in a second. And she was clapping. And then we were at another part of the song about what God's done for us and, you know, and how we need him. And and I'm not saying this because Jake's a good guy. I don't know if he's a good guy. He, He may not be good. He portrays in church that he is. But the, I look, I'm teasing, but I look at Jake, and, and, and I love him, and I was just watching during the praise and worship, and he was, he was and on a particular part of the song, he was like this. Now, see, some of y'all are looking and saying, well, that's not lifting your hands. Well, it may be two bands. That may be all he feels like he needs to do in his offering to God. So we're not talking about legalism. Everybody's got to be like Mike. We're talking about we all got to be what the Word of God says we can be. Does that make sense to anybody in here? And I've got one more little illustration. His name is Mike Higginbotham. He'll watch this on YouTube. He's in Louisiana. His wife's name is Debbie. Handsome guy. His wife, Debbie, is a beautiful, beautiful lady. Mike is going to be 70 or 70 this year. When he was 25, 45 years ago, he worked for the railroad, and they were lifting up some some uh, the, the railroad uh, rail, and they had it on a beam uh, that was picking it up. And as they were picking it up to get it off of the cart and get it down on the ground or wherever it was they were moving it at the time, they, they had it picked up, and the beam broke, and everything fell. And one of those pieces bounced and hit him in the back of the neck. And it paralyzed Mike at 25 years old with two daughters. A three, uh, he was an athlete that played three different uh, type of sports, three sports athlete. He loved to ride horses, great guy, and paralyzed from his neck down. So he's been in a wheelchair for 45 years about. He still does small groups. He, he can't, he can move his arms but he doesn't have full function of his fingers. He does small groups. On Friday night, he goes to the county jail to minister to the, the, the guys in lockup. Mike has never gotten mad at God to the point that he said, why am I like this and why did this happen? I'm sure the whys came. But he never did let that out. 
We were over in Louisiana this, this year to preach in the church where Mike attends. And when the praise and worship started, and I was sitting over here and Mike was there in a wheelchair. When the praise and worship started, he pushed himself, he pushed himself to the front and he lifted his hands and he was praising God. Now, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm going to say I'm not the one in the wheelchair that's the quadriplegic. I, I can lift my hands. I thank God that I can lift my hands. And I look at Mike and I say, now I'm going to tell you right now, for praise and worship, he sets a standard for me. He's made up his mind that his situation right now can be affected positively or negatively, and he's going to choose the positive aspect of I'm going to go praise God. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise him regardless of my situation. So you praise him that I am where I am, but I praise him for where he's going to take me. Praise is about now and praise is about then. It's about yesterday, and you can choose to not praise but if you do you will be disobedient to the word of God now all of y'all that want to tell me about what you do and I tell you I'm going to jump out there and do it with you you would laugh at me if you said I'm going to go do a triathlon we got triathletes in here today by the way so I just the only reason I'm picking on them if y'all said we're going to go do a triathlon uh, but you can't come. And I'd say, well, why not? Well, you've got to practice. You've got to start out here. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And, and they would set me up on a regimen. So I may not get to the end of it for a year before I can get in a position that I can do that. And they don't think that's strange. But we get in church and we think, well, you know, I, I'm not into that praise stuff. But the Bible commands me to praise. Then why, how am I going to do it? Do what you can do now. Do it to where you are right now, but praise God. Let's look at what it is and deal with it, and then we'll move forward very quickly, I think. Psalms 150, verses 1 through 6. If you will do this for me, if you would just write down or take a note somewhere, Psalms 146 through Psalms 150 are David's praise commands. God gives us the who you praise, the who's going to praise, and the how to praise is all listed in chapters 40, 146, 147, 48, 49, and 150. If you would mark that and read those in some translations that are easy for you to understand, it will benefit you in praise and worship. But let me just make, make this very clear. Praise is commanded by God, not by this church. I don't command you to praise. God commanded you to praise. You're going to tell me, but I don't praise. And I will say, you are a liar. How many ever played dominoes? How many won? When you won, what did you do? How many ever been to a ball game? Your kid's in the ball game. They make the touchdown, they catch the pass, they hit the home run, they throw the guy out. Tell me how you reacted to your child when they did what they did. See, you're not going to amen me right now because you know you're in a catch. You know that you're going to have to say, I'd scream, or I'd jump up, or I'd clap my hands. I'd say, go, 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 go. You'd run down the stinking sideline screaming for them. But you're going to get up in here and say, not me, I'm stoic. It's not my personality. And I'm going to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. 
Because everybody in here has something you praise. You praise books. You praise people. You praise athletes. You praise your children. You praise the wind. We all have it. Look at me. Listen very closely. Everybody's created to praise. God created everything to praise Him. It is in you to praise. Where you praise and to whom you praise, that's going to be up to you, but everybody does it. Psalms 150, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, praise the Lord. That's a command. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty works. So you've got something to praise Him for. Praise Him for His unequal greatness. Praise Him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. I'm just going to help you right now. There's going to be some music in heaven. And there's music to be right now. We play instruments in this church because the Bible says that's a part of our praise. Praise Him with the dancing. And I know, I I get this, it's very difficult, but I see some of y'all also dance, but you don't call it dancing because you don't want to be known for that. But I see some of you doing this. I see some of you doing this while we're singing. Just watching you. Well, what are you doing that for? Well, you know, it's just part of how I, how you what? How I worship God. Well, I'm going to help you right now. That movement is what God says is already in you. Now, some of y'all are uncoordinated and can't do that. I won't call on my wife on this one, but she's not a dancer. But, but I would not call her out. I won't call you out on it. But Our best dance, our best dance is when she doesn't move her feet. And we just sway. That that. that for sure, now that, that's our best dance. But you do dance, don't you, love? Okay, so I'm going to say this. There's some of y'all who do a lot better dancing than we, but I would say this also, that we do what we can do. So, anyway, praise Him with the string instruments. If loose, praise Him with the clash of the cymbals. You're going to get loud. Praise Him with the loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. So everything breathing has got to praise Him. Psalms 100 verse 4, I love this one. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now, that's in the New Living Translation. And it's the way we enter into His presence is through praise. I'm helping you more than you're amen to me right now. But that's how we get into His presence. When people tell me, well, you know... Me and God, we've got another way that we do things. You really don't. You've got a way that you want to manipulate God. But y'all don't have your thing. This is the word of God. And it says, we enter in his courts of thanksgiving, in his, in, into his gates of thanksgiving, his courts of praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And here is the Passion Translation. And I just love this. Listen to this one, because you'll get it. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Excuse me just a minute, but everybody knows passwords, right? So I've got something that we now can use in in 2023. And that is, if I'm going to go into his presence, if I'm going to his courts, I've got the password. What's the password? It is my praise. It's my praise unto him. It's what I'm saying and it's what I'm doing. Psalms 146 to 50, those are the commands and directions. I won't be reading all of that, but just telling you to get that later. But in Psalms 150, praise is mentioned 13 times in six verses. 13 times in six verses, praise is mentioned. 
And the word praise there is the word halal. And halal is where you get the word hallelujah. And hallelujah means praise the Lord. But that word praise means to act clamorously, to jump, to spin around. It, it is ridiculous. But it is a place in the word of God that says this is a part of praise. So when you see somebody that they're doing this or they're jumping a little bit, and you're thinking, man, what kind of church are we in? That person may simply be doing halal. And that is, I'm praising God. I'm praising Him with the dance. I'm celebrating Him. So everybody's created to praise. How many of y'all have ever praised anything other than God? Say everybody. Yeah, all of us have done it. We've all done that. So praise is this, and I love these two thoughts. Praise is your inner health being made audible. It's your inner health being made audible. Praise is your inner health. When you tell me, oh, I'm a good Christian, I love God, I serve God, okay, then praise is going to be the outward sign of the inward, of the inward healing or the inward health. It's made audible. Praise, listen to this, praise expresses joy, it expresses joy, and it completes joy. You express it, but it also completes the joy that you have. So praise and worship are generally dumped into the same pot, and we just think it's all the same. Worship's mentioned in your Bible. Worship is mentioned 138 times in the Bible, 138. The word for worship is shakal. It means to bow, to prostrate, to fall flat, or to crouch. It just To, to worship means you get low. You just you get low. Or sometimes when Pastor Gabriel says, let's close our eyes and do what with our head? You bow your head. Why do you do that? It's because that's a part of worship. It is the getting low. So worship, the main idea is get low. In the Greek, the word worship means proskuneo. And proskuneo means, I like this, it means kiss like a dog licking the master's hand. Kiss like a dog licking the master's hand. I've got a great dog. His name's Cajun. Squirrel and coon dog, wonderful. He's about 11 years old. He'll come up to me, and when he does, I'll, I'll be sitting on the back porch, and I'll scratch his head. Cajun loves it. And then I'll move my hand, and I'll put it just on the arm of the rocker there, and he will come over to my hand and start putting his nose under it to get my hand to be back on him and scratch him on the head. So he, he, got, he has this idea of worship. So it's like, it's getting low. It's like adoring somebody. It's doing reverence. Worship is a heart act toward God. It's your heart's acting out toward God. And it's usually to bow. It's usually get on your face. Uh, a few years ago, Matt Redman, who is a musician, 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 easy for me to say, musician and songwriter, and he wrote a song, The Heart of Worship. And in the process of this song, he was very concerned about his church's worship because people weren't really worshiping. And what they did, really kind of crazy, they took down all the lights, they took down the, their sound equipment, they took the instruments off the platform, they let the praise team go sit in the audience, and it was just him and the church. And they started to sing. The reason he did that is, is because what we've done is we have become people that will perform and people that will receive the performance, but we don't really move into praise and worship. And his idea was, let's stop all this for just a minute and let God get our attention. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I don't necessarily want to do something like that, but I think this morning is really a call for us to see what we're doing and why we're doing it. Does that make sense to you? Praise is mentioned 248 times in your Bible. Praise is a form of worship, 
It's a part of worship. It's an expression of our heart toward God. But praise is a physical act that you do to express adoration and worship. There are different ways to exercise movements so no one will be left out. We'll all get to do it. But let me back up and say this. Praise is the inward man making the outward man worship God. The inward man making the outward man. This is where people say, I don't have to do that. As soon as you say that, you should slap yourself. You just need to bite your tongue. No one's making you do anything. Just telling you what God said. So I'm not trying to make you raise your hands. I'm trying to tell you that that's a part of what God is making a mandate on. So we need to pay attention to Him. Does that make sense to you? But if you don't get this, it, it, will, it, will, it will hurt you in the church forevermore. When you, in your heart, respond to the ministry of the Word of God, to whoever's preaching, and you respond, I don't have to do that. That's not for me. I'm going to do what I want to do. When you start doing that, you're resisting what the Holy Spirit is trying to give you. If someone's abusing, I get that, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing this to tell you that it's legalism. You've got to do it just one way. Matter of fact, there are several ways that you can do this. There are seven words in the Hebrew, at least seven words in the Hebrew, that give us the actions, the movements, and expressions for praise, and I want to deal with them very quickly right now. The first one is the word halal. You'll find it in Psalms 113, 1 through 3. Psalms 113, 1 through 3. The word is halal. It, here's the verse. Praise the Lord. That's a command. Give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord for now, now and forevermore. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. The word halal is where we get the idea of hallelujah. I've already explained that to you. You will remember David and Josh asked me about my position on David in 2 Samuel 6, 14 through 16. David was returning the ark into Jerusalem and on the way in, he was so excited about the presence of God coming back. He began to dance. He's the king. He threw off the crown. He took off his outer robes and he put on the ephod of a priest. In other words, he had on, he had on clothes because his wife watched him come into town and her name was, was Michael. She saw him coming into town and she said, what is he doing? He's acting like a fool. And she told him when he came in, she said, what do you think you're doing? Dancing like that in front of all of the women in Israel. You were just making a show of yourself. And she began to rebuke him for dancing before the Lord. How crazy he was. You know, God took offense to that. And the Bible said she was barren from that point forward because of her criticism of David worshiping God. So I'm just going to say this to you. We may want to be a little careful when we criticize someone for their praise. Just be careful right there. So halal is that dance. It's an expression of the inward toward God. Another word that goes along with that is yada. Here's another word. One is, one is halal. That's when we're, we're dancing or we're moving before the Lord. Uh, and then halal, 107, Psalms 107.15 says, Let them praise the Lord for His great love. And for the wonderful things he's done for them. And that praise is the lifting of the hands. 
Why do we do it? For his great love and the wonderful things he's done for them. I don't tell you how to lift your hands. Some people lift their hands like this. Others lift them like this. Others of them do like this. It doesn't really matter. What we're doing is expressing our thanks to him for what he's done for us. It's an expression to the Lord by the lifting of the hands. Now you're going to say, Mike, do I have to lift my hands? Well, for yada, it's the lifting of the hands. Listen to this one. This is Psalms 104, number three, Todah. One was Yada, one is Todah. Psalms 104, four, we'll read it again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. The word, the key word here for, for that is thanksgiving. And go into his courts with praise. There's your word Todah again. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That means to extend your hands in an adoration or a vow or an affirmation accepting thanksgiving for things not yet received and things that's already in hand. In other words, it's an affirmation. Lord, I thank you that this is done. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise for my life. I give you praise for my tomorrow. I give you praise for my health. I thank you, Lord, for the salvation of my family. It's the lifting of our hands, and it's like when you go to court and you put a hand on the Bible and you do what? You raise your right hand. Why? You're affirming what you're going to say. The lifting of the hands is a part of our worship and praise. It's more than just your mouth. It's more than just singing a song. So when you see people lifting their hands, I'm no, I don't care if it's here or here or here or there. doesn't matter. One hand, two hands, doesn't matter. We are affirming by praise. My inner man is expressing my thanksgiving to him. That's the Todah. Here's another one. We just got a couple more to go. Number four, the Shabbat. This is the one that I like a lot. It says, come everyone, this is Psalms 147.1, come everyone, clap your hands and shout unto God with a, uh, with a joyful praise. The Shabbat of praise is simply to get loud. It's simply to have a loud tone. How many has ever told your child, use your inside voice? When they, yeah, right? Or if you are somewhere else, they have an outside voice. Well, I'm going to tell you this. We've got inside voices. We've got outside voices. And then we also have a praise voice. We've got a voice of loud tone. It is that getting loud. Now, you're going to say, but I don't get loud. You know, I'm that quiet guy. You know, I I would just love to sit with you and talk about your whole life that you've never gotten loud. I, I would like for your wife to tell me how you never get loud. Oh, you get loud when you're mad, you get loud when you're scared, you get, you get loud when you're, when you're attacking something, you, you get loud whenever there's a victory. I don't know what your loud is, but everybody's got a loud. And you men, I won't even go there asking you about your wives. Just heads up that I know that they get loud as well. I'm, I'm going to say this to you. There is a Shabbat to God, and that is when I clap and I can get loud. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, clapping. To help some of you that are uncoordinated, I've watched you try to clap. Ouch. Right? How many of y'all have a little struggle clapping to the music, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not to be embarrassed of, it's just you're uncoordinated. No, no. It's just a rhythm. It's a rhythm problem. I have that myself. So on the rhythm problem, the idea is not can I clap to the music. Good if you can. That's great. That, that, that helps. The idea of clapping is I'm clapping as a praise to God. 
I'm clapping to Him. I'm not clapping for them. I'm not clapping for the music. I'm not clapping to stay in time. You can do that and that's wonderful. But I can clap just because I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I'll give you another thought. You can clap in spiritual warfare. How many has ever tried to get a hog out of your house? I'll tell you two things you don't do. Getting a hog out of your house. You don't whisper and you clap loud. You don't go, would you please get out? If you're going to get a hog out of your house, you're going to go, hey, get out of here, or whatever it is. So you can use clapping the same thing that we use for praise. It just for you to understand that my praise is also a part of my warfare. We'll deal with that at the end. But just to help you out, the Shabbat is your shout. It's the hey. It's the thank you. I'm going to just hit some of you athletes. Y'all, y'all tear me up. We get in an event, and the other day we, we were doing whatever it was, and somebody was trying to do their best whatever it was, lift. And when they were trying to do that, people around them were going, hey, you got this, let's go, let's go, you can do this. And they weren't saying, oh, you can do this. Good luck. We get in places where we're all kinds of vocal and loud. We got up in church where it's heaven and hell. Demonic forces are fighting your family. You've got wrecked health. You've got issues that need help. And we're afraid if we lift our voice, we may offend somebody. Look at me. Let me say something to you. You won't offend anybody by thanking God, by giving Him praise, by lifting your hands, by clapping before Him. You're not going to hurt someone's feelings. Okay. The Barak of God. The Barak of God is I will praise the Lord at all times. This is Psalms 34, 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. This is more time of a prayer time. It's a form of praise where you humble yourself. And again, it's almost like... (coughs) It's like other words that would be given, like the Yadah of God, a thanksgiving. But this one, the Barak, is I will kneel before Him. So kneeling is a part. We used to have... Uh, altars a lot in churches. Now it's not so much uh, a place to kneel. We don't have to do that. You can kneel at home or anywhere you want to. But I'm just letting you know, you can kneel before the Lord. And that is a part of your worship. Let me give you number six is Zamar. Zamar is in Psalms 21, 3. It means to rise. It, it, the, word, the word says, rise up, O Lord, in all of your power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. With what? With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. It is to, listen to the word zamar. It means to touch, to strike, or to play an instrument. We touch the stringed instruments up here. We beat the drums. And we play the instruments. So zamar is a part of our worship and our praise. It's a biblical fact that this is part of how we worship and praise. So this is not a, listen, it's not a charismatic thing to have drums, to clap, to lift your hands. It's a Bible thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a, it's a God thing. It's just a God thing. Here's the number seven. It's tequila, not tequila. I knew immediately I would get some, be rebuffed on that one, but it is Tehillah. Tehillah is another form of our praise and worship. This is your number seven. It's in Psalms 145, 1. 
Also in verse 4 and verse 21, it's several places in your Bible, but the reference I'll give you is Psalms 145. And I love this. Listen to this. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation will declare your works, will praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts to them. Can I just tell you all right now that our praise and worship is not just for us. All of our teenagers stand up. All the student ministry stand up. All of y'all stand up. All of y'all stand up. All of y'all stand up. Stay standing. Stay standing. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. And so does every mom and dad that has a son or daughter right here, has a grandchild right here, or just a child that's in this room. That's another generation. For me, it's probably three or four generations down, but it's still down the road. I have an obligation, and my obligation is to praise to this generation His glory. They deserve, listen to me, they deserve adults, big kids that love Jesus to express that in front of them for them to be able to praise God. Do you, y'all just look at them a minute. Do you know how awkward it is for a kid to get up and do anything in front of y'all? Huh? Awkward or not? Yes? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's hard for them to get up in front of you and display worship and praise. But how great would it be? How great would it be if some of us would just praise in front of them? Let them see us singing. Let them see us lifting our hands. Let them see us bowing. Let them see us clapping. Let them see us or hear us shouting. Does that make sense to you? Give our kids a hand. Y'all can be seated. Those are your seven words right there. And I probably should be done and get out of the way. It's 11 o'clock. We're good, though, for just one more minute. So are y'all okay with praise and worship so far? I've kept you in the Bible. I've only given you the Word of God. They've all been commands of praise and worship. No one has left out everything that has breath. Every one of us. Nobody gets off the hook. We're all going to do it. You may have two bands on your pull-ups, but you'll do them. No one's looking for you to be me. They're looking for you to be you. But our praise needs to be there. And you're going to say, people shouldn't be looking at me when I praise. It is a demonstration of a healthy heart expressing itself outwardly. Does that make sense to you? So it's not I'm putting on for you, but it is that I'm going to praise God. And I just hope my praise will benefit you. Let me give you uh, another one of the thoughts that we need to at least uh, get on to right now as well. The Bible also says that God will inhabit the praise of His people. Psalm 22.3 says, You are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. And I looked up the word enthroned because I want to say it says that, you're whole, that, you, that the Lord inhabits the praise of His people or He's enthroned in the praise of His people. And the word enthroned, listen to what it means. It means to sit down, 
specifically as a judge, when we're in our praise service, we're right now, what they're doing right now, these instruments is a part of praise. They're, they're, they're doing the zamar. They're playing the instruments. And as they're pray, playing the instruments, God moves. God's, God's everywhere. I get that. But he says he comes in to this. And he sits as the judge. It also says he sits in ambush. I love that. Because if the devil thinks he's got you, he's got another thing coming. If there's a spirit that's coming against you today and I'm in praise and worship and God comes and sits down in his authority, then he is in a position to ambush that spiritual force for us because we praise and worship. Does that make sense to you? So let me give you this. This is, this is, my, this is, really, this is my, my real end run, maybe. 2 Corinthians 10 says the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 2 Kings 3, Elisha said, I've got to get a word from God for, for the king because the enemies come against him and I need a word from God. And here's what he told the king. He said, I'm going to do this two ways. One, because of Judah. Judah is praise. He said, I'm going to do it because of praise and I'm going to call for a musician. And if I can get a musician, then God can come and I can get a word. Do you see what happened? The praise brought in the presence of God so the prophet gets a word. Here's 2 Chronicles 20. It's when Israel's in a fight against four different enemies. And the Bible says this. The enemy came, four different groups against them. They're surrounded, about to overtake them. And Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. And God said, I got a solution for you. And he said, what is it? He said, get the praisers. Get everybody that can play an instrument. Get everybody that can lift their hand, that can clap their hand, that can sing a song. And you bring them out front. And on the day of battle, you tell the people with the arms to stand back and let the praisers begin to praise. And the Bible says, as they begin to praise, that the Lord set ambushments against their enemy and destroyed the enemy and they kill themselves and they fled from them because of praise and worship, not because we had bigger guns. So I'm going to tell you this in spiritual warfare. The devil understands praise and worship. According to scripture in Isaiah 14, he was the star of the morning when he was in heaven. Lucifer was. Ezekiel says he was the anointed one. He's full of wisdom and beauty. Daniel needed help. An angel came. Daniel said, where have you been? You're three weeks late. The angel said, well, to get here, I had to fight spiritual forces to come through the air. So can I say something to you? The devil understands praise and worship. And he hates it. He hates it because he was it when he was in heaven. He had that, but he doesn't have it now. But he understands it clearly that when there's praise and worship going on in this room, there are demons that cannot stay. There are bondages that have to be broken. And you're going to say, no, someone's got to cast it out. I'm just saying, I believe in casting out the devil, but I also believe that praise can bind, can move, and take care of an enemy if I'm willing to praise God, regardless of the circumstance. If my child is sick, maybe I need to praise God. If my child is in damage or bondage, I may need to praise God. Let's all stand if you would today.
Did this make sense to anybody here? What? Yeah, what? Woo! Yes! I refuse. I refuse to let my praise and my worship simply be on carnal things and people. I'm going to let my praise and worship, first and foremost, be on the Lord. Oh, I'm going to praise my kids. I'm going to praise my grandchildren. I go to volleyball games and scream. Because Emma's doing so terribly. No, no. Emma's great. When she's playing ball, I'm I'm in the stands and I'm going to holler for her. And I'm going to call her name. And sometimes I call her an old nickname that I had when she was first born. I call her Radar to embarrass her in front of all of her friends. But what I like is she's got to tell them, that's just my old grandfather. He doesn't know any better. He's crazy. I mean, I I get all of those accolades. But the point is this. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to holler for her. But I will not come up in this house when you're in battle and you've got situations trailing you and you came in here afflicted or sick or broke or whatever that issue is or bound in an addiction. I am not going to not praise. I've just made up my mind that if God comes into that praise, it's just one person, but if all of us are praising and God comes in, now you have an opportunity for deliverance or for peace or for healing or for salvation. So when we sing in the beginning of a service, it's not just to warm you up or wait for the last person to get in or it's not just the 15 minutes before the preaching. Our praise and our worship is about setting this room in a place where God can rule. And He comes, I can see Him now. He just comes in and sits down and says, I got this. I got this. There are people in here right now that are bound. And God's in this room. <laughs> He's in this room right now. And the devil's telling you how bad you are and how lousy you are and how you can't get out of what you're in and how every three months you're back doing the same thing. I I get that. I understand that. But there's also a God in this room that says, I am the one in charge. And as long as you praise me and as long as you exalt me, I will ambush that devil. I will set you free. I will be with you. I will come. I will inhabit. I will set up in that kind of praise. Does that make sense to everybody here? I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Stretch. I'm asking you to close your eyes. Better to close your eyes because you can't see who's watching you. And I want you to whatever level you can lift your arms. Maybe right in front of you. Just your hands out like you're going to hand somebody something. The lifting of the hands. It's simply getting them out of your pockets. It's just getting them off the back of the chair. It's just picking them out. It's just getting them up. Waist high. That's all I got. That's all you need, baby. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. He just said, if you lift your hands, if you'll make that movement, you're going to say, but Mike, that's just a physical movement. It's physical, but it is prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's prompted by your spirit, man. It's recognized in the heavenly realms. Angels understand exactly what you're doing. Heaven is full of praise and worship. Just hold your hands there a minute. Heaven is full of praise and worship. When you begin reading the book of Revelation, there's praise and worship and loud, vo- loud voices and clapping and kneeling and bowing all through the book of Revelation. When I die, 
I may not live here, but I will continue to praise for an eternity. My praise is not just present, it's eternal. With your hands in front of you or over your head, however you got them lifted. I want you to say thank you, Father, for responding to my worship and my praise. Not because I'm good, but because you are. I receive now your love, your attention, your freedom in Jesus' name. I'll never be the same from this day forward. I'm stretched out of my comfort zone. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.